I am back. And the world is upside down. Get shot. Brett, time out. Time out. Come on, y'all. Ray Ray is fundamental, number one podcast from the get-go. And since you're listening, you got good sense, so let me break it down on this instrumental. It's basketball and all its essences. It's full of pop culture references. Point guards to stretch fours and fives. The last Buffy episode, despite survival. Never mind, let me get on track. Houston had a good run, and a team was stacked. We had plans for the team, Wolves, y'all remember? Quick question in sync, who's your favorite member? Oops, I did it again. Hold up, wait, best team on the court, probably Golden State, yeah. Curry and them, yeah, they out this world, but that's Gray's top five, he's saying the Spice Girls. <laughs> is kind of outdated. Golden State was good. The song was made in 2018, so it fit then. Not so much now, but maybe next season. I mean, whenever the NBA resumes. By the way, this is the Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. This was recorded March 16, 2020, and if you're listening to it on the day of its premiere, happy St. Patrick's Day. I figured it was as good a time to resume the show. We are on episode 108. Yeah, we have recorded that many episodes in the past. Anyway, so the elephant in the room? Well, the invisible elephant in the world. We all know about the coronavirus. I'm sure you're sick of talking about it and hearing about it. But it's probably the biggest world disaster I might have experienced along with 9-11. I mean, we're not here to compare and contrast. But the fact is that none of us are immune to this virus. There is no vaccine and it could get spread very easily through surfaces, through close contact with people. And the thing is, we don't even know if we have it. I mean, it does weaken mostly the elderly and the ones with compromising health issues, which I probably fall under the ladder. So, follow your health experts, stay home. We can only resume our normal lives once the virus is contained. This is not just a bad flu. This is terrible. Get it through your thick skulls. Now, since most of us don't know have it and it's so easy to spread, Crowds are obviously discouraged and mostly banned, and we don't have sports because Rudy Gobert was diagnosed with the virus on the 11th, and that's Wednesday. The NBA was going to go on without fans in attendance, but once Gobert got the virus, it was game over. The NBA suspended, so is the NHL, and the MLB season opener has been postponed to probably around May now? Maybe June, who knows? This could last for months. So, learn to stay home, stop hoarding stuff, especially the TP. I mean, come on, dude, are you guys Beavis or something? Like, you don't need that much toilet paper. Um, so, anyway, while we're on this downtime, I'd figure I'd resume my podcast, and yeah, I, I get that there's no sports to talk about, but we can talk about their lives and, you know, talk about whatever's going on in this world right now. Uh, for my first guest back, I have Maggie Hendricks. You've seen her work on The Athletic. You've heard on Chicago Sports Radio. You've probably seen her work on Yahoo and USA Today. She is big time, and it is a huge honor to have her on the podcast, but... Before we go on to our talk, let me remind you that you can subscribe to the Ray Ray's Fundamental Podcast whenever, wherever podcasts are available. You can also find my podcast at rayray.net slash fun. Also, find my NBA work on the but I mean, let's face it, there's no NBA going on right now. 
But you can follow me on Twitter at the Nolocast. I'll talk about whatever you want, whether it's basketball, video games, my daily, my dating failures, etc. <laughs> you know what I'm good for, anyway. So here it is. I talked to Maggie Hendricks after this promo. Woo woo. Hey, it's Sarah Spain from ESPN, and you're listening to the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. This is the Ray Ray is Fundamental podcast. Back after a year, so I really need to get a good guest. My guest. You can read her work about the WNB on The Athletic. She is one half of the badass radio show, The Julian Maggie Show, on 670 The Score in Chicago. She has an Olympic newsletter called Five Rings. She helped launch the Olympic hub of Yahoo Sports, fourth place medal. She's also worked for USA Today. If you live in Chicago, you love your sports, you probably know who she is. Maggie Hendricks, what is up? Hello, thank you for having me on. Yeah, so it's kind of a weird time right now. <laughs> Everyone's stuck at home. Super duper weird. Uh, no sports at all. Mm-hmm. Like in the whole world. That's the, the super insane thing. Is like sometimes if they're like say during 9-11 or whatever. When there's disruptions in one part of the world, we usually have something somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's just, there's, we got nothing. This is unprecedented. Like, it's a ghost town right now. Not in other parts of the country because they're stupid. But right now it's empty here. It, it's really weird. It's, I don't know. It does feel like the apocalypse is coming or something. Are you in one of the counties that is now shelter in place in California? Or well, where? I, I technically live in L.A. County. So, oh, okay. um, yeah. So all the bars and stuff are closed. But... Funny enough, like, my high school friend went to a bar yesterday. I'm kind of like, oh, man, go home. What are you doing? I know. I have <laughs> friends who did it, too, and it, it, it's the same thing. Like, I really wanted to message them, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Why are you doing this? And you see the footage of Clearwater, Florida, I believe, where there's a bunch of people on the beach right now, as if nothing's going on. Well, on Saturday, a ton of people um, in Chicago went out to the bars, and, like, they weren't. It wasn't as crazy as it usually is the weekend before St. Patrick's Day. The the weekend before St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is usually insanity, and I do not leave my house unless I have to work Mm -hmm. because I just I don't want to be anywhere near it. I live in like I live in the neighborhood that's like just north of Wrigleyville, Mm -hmm. so I live just close enough that I could get like you know just enough of it that I don't I didn't want to be anywhere near it. So that was my plan. But then, like, my husband had to go run some errands, and since I have asthma, he's, like, handling all of the errands, and I, he's handling all of the leaving the house stuff, because it's just not a good idea for me to do it at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said he needed, he drove, when he drove through Wrigleyville, he said, I cannot believe how many people you see, how many people are out there. It's not packed, Yeah. but, but it, it was too many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, they're they're not taking it's either they're not taking it seriously or they're super taking it seriously. Where you see people hoarding a million toilet <laughs> of toilet paper, it's ridiculous, really. Uh, well, with that, like because of Chicago winters, mm-hmm. starting around the beginning of winter, I I'm I'm not like a doomsday prepper or anything crazy like that, but I always make sure we have about a couple weeks worth of supplies particularly toilet paper, paper towels, mm-hmm. you know, things like that, mm-hmm. um, in, 
in the house because you never know when a snowstorm is going to just come out of nowhere and hit. And yes, I realize it's March, but that's mm-hmm. still true. Yeah. So, so like, as I saw everybody doing this, I was like, look, it's my time to shine. I already have. I've already got a good six weeks worth of toilet paper always on hand. I'm good. Yeah, we're, we're stocked here. And, of course, you probably already know that I'm living with my brother and their three kids. <laughs> it's, yes. It, it's, it's funny because, like, um, my niece, she calls me Monster Ray, as I've told you. <laughs> yes. Um, so, one, uh, I believe two nights ago, she was just downstairs, and she was just wiping every doorknob with disinfectants. I'm like, oh, how sweet of her. She knows what's going on. And then the next day, she tells me, Monster Ray, get your monsters out of there. That's why we can't go to school. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's your fault. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah, but that's my niece. Like, that's how we started talking, because of my niece. Because she's playing, she's, she loves her basketball. Yes. I love how serious she is about it and about, like, making sure she's practicing and making sure she has great role models, and she does. And Kayla McBride, I mean, gosh, that is an outstanding role model. Um, And I was trying, we were trying to make it happen for me to go to Notre Dame to interview her, but with her uh, Team USA uh, responsibilities, we couldn't. Mm -hmm. We never could. And I was sad because I really wanted to tell her about Eden. Yeah, she has stopped by. Uh, she has liked my page when I when I showed her a picture of um, Eden dribbling, and she even put it on her Instagram story, which is great. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that you know she gets to know her more, just so you know, you know what I mean. Like she can she yeah. gets to meet her finally. That's one of the best things about covering the WNBA is mm-hmm. every single Sky game I covered, and I am not lying, mm-hmm. every single one. Yeah. I saw some sort of fan player interaction that that all that honestly almost made me cry. Like every single game, there was some little girl that got to meet, or also a lot of times little boys who got to meet, got to meet some player that they had been looking up to for years. And whether that was a player on the sky or one of the visiting players, like seeing seeing how little girls reacted to Candace Parker and Brittany Griner and uh, Diana Taurasi, like it was just, it was really, really a special thing. And like knowing that story with Eden, I have no doubt that at some point in Eden's future, she will get to, to meet Kayla McBride and, and take a picture with her and talk to her because that's, that's the way the WNBA is. There's just an incredible kindness and incredible familiarity between fans and the players. We were actually um, planning um, to go to the Sparks uh, uh, Aces game at some point in June if, it, if, the, if the season goes on. And I was even thinking about, like, um, I, I'm probably going to do it anyway, is uh, to... Um, cover Sparks games this year because I do know the PR uh, Eli Horowitz. Eli's great. Yeah, yeah, I know him, so I'll probably talk to him about that as soon as this virus leaves or whenever it is. But um, yeah, so we we have been planning to um, go to the Sparks Aces game and hopefully that um, Eden could meet Kayla. It'd be great. Yeah, yeah, and and we, as far as season starting, it's it's yeah. scheduled to start May fifteenth. Um, and most of the players who have been playing internationally who live in the U.S. are back in the U.S. by now. Like over over the past week, most of them have come home. Not all of them. A couple of the, the girls in France are still there. I think a couple of the girls in Russia are still there. But most of have 
come home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't know if, when training camp will be able to start. And then the other problem is, is if the NBA season is delayed, there are some WNBA teams, the, not most of them, but some WNBA teams who share an arena with an NBA team and an NHL team. So when you throw in all of that scheduling difficulty, like it, it's, I, I don't want it to take a toll on the season. And my first thought was like, May 15th, it'll be fine. But now I'm getting a little bit more skeptical. I, I really doubt it. I mean, what do you think? Like, how do you think, uh, how how long do you think uh, this shutdown, per se, is going to last, you think? Because I'd probably think a month minimum, maybe two months, even. Uh, I'm, I, I don't really know. I don't really know, but I will say this. Mm-hmm. Um, in watching um, all of the different press conferences and everything by the governor of Illinois and the mayor of Chicago, who... Uh, just a, a quick politics aside. I voted yeah. for the governor of Illinois. I like he's fine. Mm-hmm. J.B. Pritzker comes from a very wealthy family, a, an old money family in Chicago. Yeah. And I just kind of thought like, well, he's not like the worst, but it was definitely somebody that I thought like he was just buying his seat and 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 maybe setting things up so that he could take care of the rich folk. And you know maybe that was just the cynical side of me, and I figured he would do some things good. For all the people, but he has been an outstanding leader throughout this entire this entire coronavirus thing, mm-hmm. and and so has the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot. Also, by the way, a former season ticket holder of this guy. Um, <laughs> random fact for you. Yes. But she, so like that that aside, I feel like they are being as honest with the people as they can be, and every single time they talk. That that date where they're they're closing things down until just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have access to information that I don't. Right. And that's fine. They should. They signed up for it. They've you know they got elected. Good. Um, it's why we elected them. But that's why I'm not feeling particularly good about seeing any kind of sports, I would say best case scenario is after Memorial Day, like mm-hmm. Memorial Day weekend. But I, I, it, it's really hard to say. It's just so hard to say because we don't know how things are going to go. Right. How are you doing personally about this stuff? Yeah, I think, as of right now, I'm okay. I was a lot more anxious when my husband was going into work every day, mm-hmm. um, both because I was worried about him, but also because I was worried about what he was bringing home. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a homebody by nature. So like, I'm usually pretty good about just, you know, hanging out at home. I'm fine with it. I have a lot of, I sew and I bake and I do all kinds of crafting things. So I, I like being home. Um, but I mean, I'm, I'm still, I think I'm anxious, as anxious as everybody else. And um, I, I'm worried about what, what our country is going to look like on the other end of this. Um, all that, all that kind of stuff. Um, a little, just, just concerned. Um, and also concerned about, yeah, like, like my parents are in their late sixties and uh, not always in the best of health. And the, you know, there's just, I think the same concerns that everybody has, I have. So, um, yeah. And actually, my dad is texting me right now. That is a little clicky here. Sorry about that. No problem. I, yeah. Um, so yeah, how are you doing? Yeah, um, I'm probably at risk. Um, 
<laughs> my, my health history isn't great because uh, three years ago I had a car accident and then it like, kind of led to more anxiety. Like, I've been very public about how I'm so anxious on the road. Like, I hate driving right now because yeah. I've had three car accidents already in my life. One nearly killed me in 04. Um, and then I had, during that ordeal, I had hypertension. I had a heart attack. Not great. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. 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 And I felt and I and the, the heart attack, like I felt the fatigue, like I couldn't do anything for like the, the doctors warned me that I couldn't do anything physical for six weeks, seven weeks, whatever. Mm-hmm. And yeah, plus my brother works in a hospital. So it's not, I'm at risk, definitely. Yeah. And I was well, t- all love to your brother. brother. Thank you. For going into work every day. Yeah. It, but I mean, that's, that's the other thing that's, that's, that's a part of this that I, I don't think is being talked about enough mm-hmm. is that it's not just about making sure that the hospitals can handle everybody who has the coronavirus. It's also like if, if you have some sort of complication from your car accident or from, you know, like it's it's making sure that the hospitals can handle everything. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I you know. I, it, I think that is what what scares me is like, for example, there there's I'm gonna tell like, as quick as I can the story about this wrestler Joe Heskett. He's right around my age and I'm 40. Um, he wrestled at Iowa State. I think he was a national champion at Iowa State. Um, went on to uh, compete for an Olympic spot and. While he was getting a physical to to compete like for for the Olympics, he found out that he had an an incredibly defective heart, like all kinds of problems with his heart. And the the best way um, the the doctors described it to him is that he had his his body. Cause, I mean, this guy won national championships in wrestling. Um, his body was a Cadillac, and it had the engine of a Yugo. <laughs> Running it around, so he had to. He had to like. He had to quit wrestling and everything, but he continued to be a coach and like help with strength and conditioning. And um, recently, he had a stroke, and he had to have uh, surgery to get the swelling. Um, the the swelling worked on on his brain, and he's in he's in the hospital in a coma right now. Mm-hmm. And so hospitals have to be able to take care of him, too. Yeah. You know? And, and these kinds of things are going to continue to happen, whether or not there's a coronavirus. People are going to have heart attacks. People are going to have diabetes. Diabetes. There's going to be all kinds of issues. So, like, that is one of the other reasons. Like, we can't overrun our medical system. Sorry, I'm on a soapbox. No, it's fine. Because there are going to be people who, like me, who have asthma attacks or people like you who have, you know? Yeah. So, so there we go. Yeah, and my parents too. My my dad's eighty six, and he he had sepsis two years ago, and he somehow survived. And yeah. my mom had pneumonia last year. She's seventy nine, <laughs> so yeah, I have to watch out for those too. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's just it's just crazy out there how some people are just batting away this coronavirus as if it's nothing. Like right? Like, yeah, I mean, I might have it. I don't even know. We, that, and, and that's the thing is it'll be super hard uh, for you to it would be super hard for us even to get tested if we were just like I'm not sure yeah you know so uh, it is a very frustrating thing but I think there are things I am seeing things that I feel like are maybe I don't know if it's turning around the actual virus 
but as far as us taking care of each other and being kind to each other and even things like uh, a friend of mine who is now a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. um, but what I knew her as a math teacher. Um, she, she, she's a high school math teacher. She put on her Facebook page, if you're having problems with any of your kids' math problems, please call me. I really want to do that. You know, seeing things like that makes me feel like, oh, that's right. There's still a lot of good. Yeah. A lot of crap, but there is a lot of good. Yeah, exactly. Hey guys, it's Pamela Horton, Miss October 2012, and you're listening to Ray Ray is Fundamental Podcast. Alright, um, I'm sure people don't want to hear about the virus any longer, so we'll talk, even though we're on a standstill right now on sports, we'll talk about some sports. Um, how did you get into this? Was this always the end game for you to be a sports writer? So, if you were asking me that when I was 12 years old, the question is yes, absolutely, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't, I went to Missouri, but I didn't get into the journalism school Mm. and you know, like I I had all these little different life things that happened that kind of chip away at your confidence. Yeah. And so I was working in public relations and then I was working in fundraising, um, for a couple Catholic schools and like, I liked it. It wasn't, it never quite felt like the perfect fit, but I liked it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in 2006, 2007, I started reading, you know, Deadspin, and I started reading all of the blogs that I, I think gave birth to a lot of what we read now mm-hmm. online, um, and I realized I could do this. Yeah. I could possibly do this, and so I started my own site, um, and then I got in with ladies, dot, 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 mm-hmm. the, uh, oh, another site of uh, that was like a spinoff of Deadspin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got hired to cover the 2008 Olympics from home. I am exactly here to from home, uh, and I've never covered one in person. Um, for Yahoo Sports, Jamie Mushroom hired me to do that, and um, I've never looked back. Like I, I, I quit my fundraising job maybe like three, four months after that, and um, yeah. So that's that's how I got into it. Like. I, it was always it was always my dream, but I didn't know if I ever believed it would happen. Right, because we all know how much the white man loves to hold down the women, right? Jesus. You know, but they, they they really are not a big fan of women, of people of color, of any of that yeah. in their spaces. Right. But but mm-hmm. we do we do what we can. We fight how we can. Yeah. What was the moment for you that, that decided, okay, I really want to do this? <sighs> I mean, when I was, when I was a, a, a teenager, um, it, I think it was a cross between the Olympics, particularly the 1992 Barcelona Olympics. I was like 13, 12. That just, I, I, was, I, I was just in love. With everything in the Olympics, I taped everything and just kept watching them again. I had like, I had every single routine memorized. Like I knew it all. I knew it like I, I was obsessed with those Olympics. And then at the same time is when the Bulls were winning all of those championships. So I think those two things just made me so sports obsessed. And then also, uh, my sister and brother, particularly my sister, are really good athletes. I am not. So it was like my way of fitting in with the sports mm-hmm. is that I I would like I, that was my way of fitting in is I could talk about sports mm-hmm. even if I couldn't play them. 
I remember on Twitter we were talk. You, you mentioned Kim Zemeskel, and is she your favorite athlete of all time, or or who who is it? <clears throat> oh, it's Simone Biles. It's mm. Simone Biles. Like mm. Kim is, but uh, Kim Zemeskel was like I was obsessed with just her winning. I thought was so sure she was going to come and win the the Olympic gold, and I just I loved her. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Simone Biles, just. She she has like a, a an ability to do a couple different things. She first of all made change the way gymnastics is, and I'm going to actually cover this a little bit in the newsletter this week. She changes the way gymnastics has been trained because she takes breaks, and that's not necessarily a thing in gymnastics. But not at Wood, she has stayed fairly healthy. Yeah. So. You know, like, that's a huge, huge change in gymnastics. So now, like, so she's changed that. She's also changed gymnastics as how she has, like, moved the sport forward, that she's constantly innovating in the way, and, you know, it's like any other sport. When people innovate, then everybody's got to gotta do something. It's, it's just like the, the Warriors all of a sudden shooting outside. Everybody's got to figure out how to deal with that, you know, gymnastics is the same way. If Simone can do this amazing vault and beat you by an entire point, mm-hmm. you got to do something to figure out how you can also compete with her. Mm. Yeah, it's it's amazing how gym, uh, Simone, man, I just watch her and it's like she's doing something new every every time I see a video of her. It, it's crazy to me. And that, and that she has not, like, like, like after the, the 2016 Olympics, Olympics she has continued to push forward and want to do more. There's nobody pushing her. There's Mm -hmm. no one pushing her. Even like when you're talking about Michael Jordan, Mm -hmm. there were still, it it changed the people who were pushing him over the years. Yeah. But there was always somebody pushing him to make sure that he could beat them. Mm -hmm. And like, there's no one anywhere near her, and yet she's still pushing the sport. Yeah, I, I mean... Obviously, with the virus thing still going around, I, I really hope that the Olympics doesn't get canceled. But because I do want to see, I do want to see one more performance out of her. But yeah, yeah, she she's just amazing. Um, is there a preference between summer and winter Olympics for you? You know, it was originally summer, but then the first winter Olympics I covered, it was so much fun, and I I learned a lot about. I got to talk to and interview a bunch of winter olympians mm-hmm. and they like they like completely sucked me in i just so now i don't think i could i could say which one i like more <laughs> the only big difference to me is that the the summer olympics are so packed there's so many more sports mm-hmm. and so many more people that it is it is a little bit more it's, it's a little bit harder to cover because you see stories that you want to cover and you just know you're not going to get to them mm-hmm. so um that so that is my only problem with the summer olympics but still i I mean i love them both what's the favorite story you've done for the olympics so far oh man um i i mean there's a few Mm -hmm. writing about uh ibtahaj muhammad who is the first uh american woman to ever compete wearing a hijab was really special Mm -hmm. because she is really special. She is. She's just fantastic. Um, and getting to know the entire fencing world, and mm. uh, and kind of, it's like this very New York-based sport. But everybody like 
like everybody's friends and loves each other and takes care of each other, even as they're literally hitting each other with swords. <laughs> so it's it's pretty great. It it is pretty great. So I would say writing about Ibchi, but um, there, I mean, there's really been a whole lot, um, and I feel very, I feel very lucky that I get to uncover these athletes' stories because there's so many good ones. It's kind of unfair, though, that we only see these athletes, well, at least the public only sees these athletes four, four years, every four years, or not even, or maybe even just once, right? Well, here, yeah, oh, I agree. I, mm-hmm. I, here's the good thing about it now, though, mm-hmm. even as opposed to, say, 2008 when I first started covering this, mm-hmm. um, there are many more opportunities for people to to watch Olympic sports off of the Olympic cycle. Now, you know, the, first of all, there's the Olympic channel, which is, is has all, I mean, right now they don't have any live sports, but most of the time they have all kinds of live sports of world championships and world cups and grand prix and all these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of online streaming, we can watch a whole, <clears throat> a whole lot more than we ever have before. Yeah. So you just have the opportunity um, to some and yeah, sometimes you have to spend a little money. Um, like NBC Sports Gold has a package that's like if you're really into figure skating or if you're really into cycling, you buy a package and then you can watch a whole lot more of it. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot easier for us to follow it off of the Olympic cycle, off of the Olympic year than it ever has been before. Because like, I even think about say it, when I was in high school in the '90s. I would never have any idea how my college wrestling program at Missouri would have been doing except for monthly newsletters. <laughs> I mean, it's just so crazy to think about. There's no way I would have known how Missouri did in the Big 12 championship until I got the newsletter a couple weeks later. It's crazy, isn't it, where we, where mm-hmm. you, we used to get news every month because of a magazine or whatever, and now it's literally – on, on the top of our fingers where we can get the news. So I'm glad for that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, I mean, when you also then throw s- social media in, I may not see every single cross-country ski race or uh, diving competition. I, I can't watch them all. But because, like, on Twitter I see the results and then maybe I can, like, click on one click, quick uh, clip, then I have a, it's a lot easier to have just a better idea of what's going on mm-hmm. than even that was 10 years ago I couldn't do that. And yeah. now I can't. So. Yeah. Speaking of Twitter, it, it's funny how we just started talking now because we've had so many mutual friends over the years on that platform. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because Joanne, Joanne Piston Fan, shout out to her. Joanne had been talking about you for probably for probably a few years now to me, and I'm just like, yeah, I've seen her work, but, but I followed her, and I hope she knows who I am. <laughs> no, I think it was the same thing too. I think it was the same thing for me too. Is yeah. that like I knew who you were, yeah. but which is just is is a hilarious thing of exactly how Twitter is. Is like you start to see somebody's name maybe every now and then. Unless it's somebody that you already know and they jump on Twitter mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh, an instant follow. But, like, you see their name and then they maybe they'll respond to you and that's funny and then then you'll follow them back and then you're talking all the time and then you're on their podcast. Yeah, just how it is. I mean, again, thanks, Eden. Where are you, Eden? <laughs> <laughs> that's basically when we started talking. Yeah. 
But maybe maybe I'll have, maybe I'll have my niece on my podcast sometimes. She doesn't even know what this is. So um, I would still bet she's got some pretty good opinions. I'm sure she does. <laughs> I have no doubt. Yeah. Um, favorite Olympic moment. Man, again, this one's a toughie. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of the ones that may have made me like cry the hardest. I just recently rewatched Katie Ledecky burning everybody on swimming. <laughs> that was amazing. God. God, I mean, she just is so, again, another one. Nobody is pushing her except herself, Yeah. and yet she's able to do that. Um, I think I think probably, oh, man, this is so hard. Mm-hmm. You know what is, this is the one that is jumping into my head right now, but uh-huh. it can't, it may, like, there are so many. There are mm-hmm. so many. So nobody, nobody text me or tweet me now that, like, as you're hearing this, like, but what about... Yeah, I know. I'm. This is just the first thing. <laughs> the 2000 Sydney Olympics, when uh, Kathy Freeman, mm-hmm. that was her name, right? Now I'm Googling it as we speak. <laughs> who um, is, yes, it was Kathy Freeman, um, was a, a track and field athlete who ran the 400 meters, mm-hmm. um, but was the Olympics were in Sydney, Australia. Uh, most Olympians from Sydney were not indigenous, did not have that indigenous background. Kathy did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start crying now thinking about it. And when she won the 400 meters, like the entire the entire country went insane. And when you think about yeah. the history of the of what of what every single colonizing country did to their indigenous and obviously Great Britain is a part of that and what was done to the Australians and then seeing them stand up and cheer her up yeah see this is what the Olympics do to me like they they make me cry a lot but this like that was just one of those moments of like how it was about so much more than sports it was about how how sports can remind us that we're all that we're all in this together you know right <sighs> you okay? I know. Sorry, guys. I'm a no, crier. It's Just okay. What it's I it's, do, it's, it's, it's okay. That's what that's what sports do. They bring us together, and yeah. and hopefully, um, this disaster of the virus brings us together instead of like all y'all clubbing out there or going to bars and whatnot. Please stop that. Please stop. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Uh, tell tell us where we can find you on social media, all your work, everything else. Um, so you, there's a lot of places. You can find me on social media on both Twitter and Instagram at Maggie Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about following me on, on Instagram, though, because I don't, like, that's not my work. That's just fun, and I talk about, but like, pic- but sewing. Pic- but pictures of dogs, right? Like, so- Oh, yeah. I do share a lot of pictures of my dog, Sully. Yeah. That is true. Um, I also am, uh, on the, in The Athletic, and I write for, and then I'm also on 670 the score so there you go also subscribe to a newsletter called five rings it's about the olympics oh yeah also my newsletter <laughs> and there is a link where you can subscribe to that in my twitter bio yes sports brings us together they all make us cry yes <laughs> i'm a crier too don't worry um so thank you so much for doing this this is maggie always a gold medalist in everything i am ray ray i just want a participation trophy that's all i want thanks maggie <laughs> Thank you, and sorry I cried, but okay. I just, I get the Olympics do that to me. It's okay. Game over, yeah! Hashtag Blame Ray Ray.